Hello and welcome on in episode number 73 of the Wise Guys Podcast. I am a brand, Capizello, Justin Ray, and Romaine Davis, otherwise known as FLB here on YouTube today to discuss the Kyrie Irving trade. It happened along with the Golden State Warriors as their season over with Steph Curry missing the next couple of weeks and a little bit more around the NBA. So, Justin, when the Kyrie Irving trade request broke out, you were one of the main people I saw that was saying, Dallas is the clear suitor here. They have the need, they have the assets, and at a time like this, four days before the trade deadline, they surely were desperate. So I want to start off with you. What are the Mavericks getting in Kyrie Irving? And did they make the right move here, taking a big-time shot on a guy in Kyrie who has now left three separate contenders in seven seasons? This is uh, as clear as day a high-risk, high-reward kind of move. You know, you you bring in a guy like Kyrie, and I think we all can agree that Dallas needed that second star. They needed that guy. Christian Wood wasn't, while he's a complimentary piece to what Luka does on the floor, you still needed that star. Mm -hmm. And Kyrie is that guy. And I understand, uh, I remember I shot you guys a text, and I had said the Mavs. And Brandon was first off to say two players that need the ball in their hand, it can't work. But you know what? They're professionals. They have to make it work. Uh, I'm not looking at this move as this is a bad move for for Brooklyn. This is a bad move for Dallas. No, I think this is a win-win for both franchises. For the Nets, you finally get rid of this four-year headache that you've been dealing with, and now you get to move on to hopefully greener pastures. And then Dallas, now you put yourself in the position to make a finals run. Uh, If Kyrie is all in, I'm telling you, this Dallas team will be absolutely dangerous. Once him and Luca learn how to mesh and play on the court together, guys, this is uh, this is a movie that we'll be watching in Dallas. And I know each and every one of you guys are going to be tuned into that game. When do they play? Is it Tuesday? Monday. Oh wait, today is Monday. Wednesday. Wednesday. Oh yeah, Wednesday Wednesday night. on Wednesday, Wednesday night. On Wednesday. Okay, okay, okay. I know damn well you guys are going to be tuned in on your TVs, not looking at anything else but to watch Kyrie and Luca take the floor together. It's not, I wouldn't be watching it for the, um, the fact that they're going to, I'm not, I'm watching it, but it's not because like, I'm going to think this is going to be something crazy that I haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. It's just, I'm watching to see how bad that defense is going to be. And if their Hopkins can hold up with that bad of a defense, because mm-hmm. you lost your only wing defender, you lost your only wing defender. Yeah. You upgraded from Spencer Dinwiddie. And at some point you're going to have to trade Dorian Finney-Smith to get a star. Cause you didn't have the assets to like, trade for one anyway and you have no cap space so either way that was gonna have to happen but like at the same time you need something like either josh green develops really fast and he moves into that position or something but right what's their starting lineup Kyrie, luca tim harley jr i would Christian say reggie bullock that's even worse well they're also bringing back maxi kleba who's coming off his torn hamstring I didn't even mention the details of this trade. Born the history. Mavericks are giving up Dorian Finney-Smith, the recently extended in his age 29 season, Spencer Dewey at the same age, and a first-round pick in 2029, as far out as possible if Luka does leave. And then two second-round picks. Two second rounds. And then the Mavericks are getting Kyrie Irving and the forgotten piece, Markeith Morris. He's only in to match the roster spots. <laughs> Ever since Jokic, I never sleep on second round picks anymore. You don't know which one of them can somehow just, for some reason, be good. not even that good, just be great. Isn't it crazy though that we're talking about those picks twenty twenty nine? What what would they be right now? They'd be a sixth grader. We're talking about right now, right? 
Maybe a seventh, uh, yeah. eighth grader. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're trading for a sixth, a sixth grader currently right now, which is pretty cool to think about. Where but... they could be trading for a tenth grader if it's going to be a four-year college daughter opposed to um, one and done. And also, in this, really I'd like to add before we continue that the Mavericks, a team that at first a year ago was looking to not go too deep into luxury tax, they're adding a lot to their tax bill. Whereas the Nets and Joseph Sai, they're taking off that thirty-five million total in tax and payroll savings. So they're saving some money with this move as well. BC, hit us with it real quick, and then we're going to go to FLB. I should have started with you, Romain. But, Brandon, you aren't the highest in Kyrie Irving. What do you think about this move? Who won, and how big does this affect the Western Conference landscape? Well, first off, I agree with Justin in terms of it's a win-win. Uh, on the net side, it's a win because you get rid of a piece that was going to walk in the offseason no matter what. Um and on the other side, like I said, when me and you were and John, uh, me and you, John, were talking on Sunday, I said it's an addition by subtraction. You get rid of a guy because he's been been such a headache and such a honestly availability is a big thing with me, and he's not been available that much. And reliability is a big thing too. He's not been very reliable. So, him and Katie's played seventy nine games in three years together. Yeah, that's absolutely. That's not even a full season. That's not even a full season. Um. So on terms of the Nets, I like the move. I've hearing some rumblings that possibly uh, Dinwiddie could also be moved uh, instantly. Uh, but in terms Bad of the idea. Mavericks, yeah, in terms of the Mavericks, uh, I mean, obviously it's a good move. I agree with the uh, most of the points you guys were making about it. Obviously, it, it enhances their chances. But if we're going, uh, f- we're looking at it in terms of a, a finished product when we when we think about it like that, right? If we're going to think about it as a finished product too, then we got to compare them to the other finished products in the Western Conference. I'm taking the Clippers at full strength over this team. I'm taking the Denver Nuggets at full strength over this team. Uh, Memphis, they're a dog team. You really don't want to see them. So, and Golden State in the playoffs, I give them a chance to beat anybody in a seven game series. I, I really don't care. Their track record speaks for itself. Um, Shake so- your head. But the, the, Clippers, yeah, the Clippers at full strength. Uh, oh, God. The Clippers are victory against strength. the We've Knicks and are limping right now against the Nets. Also, yeah, the Clippers at full strength. What does that look like at this point? Like, let's be real here. <laughs> like, yes, Kawhi's, Kawhi's looked, he's looked basically either the same uh-huh. since when he came back. But PG, you see the decline slowly in PG. They've been trying to find that point guard for years now. Still can't get it. Like but John I, did, was a, I, I did, was a I did preface him. my comments by saying at full strength and at full, like, full, yeah, full strength. And we're looking at Dallas, too. They're not at full strength either. You don't know Kyrie can go down. He's injury prone. He's been injury prone. We seem to forget this. He's been injury prone his entire career. I don't think we forget. Well, I, I, don't, I, don't I don't hear think, a lot of people bring it up a lot. Clip, I don't think the Clippers is anywhere near their biggest competition. Full, I'm, that, in your in your in your terms, yes, maybe not. But in my eyes, they are the Clippers are are the best team in the West at full strength to me. I picked them preseason picks to be to win the finals this year, and I believe that they're they're on track to do that. If they make a splash move, when they get Fred Van Vliet, if they get Fred Van Vliet, look out because they're even going to be even more superior because that that Van Vliet from Reggie Jackson to Van Vliet or John Wall to Van Vliet, massive upgrade. So if they then they're going to make a move. I don't know if it will be Van Vliet. Maybe it's just a Mike Conley, which is a a slight upgrade, but not really anything you're going to be like, oh my god, I'm not going to uh, hella praise it. But if they get Van Vliet, the you best believe I'm going to be riding that uh, wagon even harder. But back to Dallas, I did text but the thing uh, with the Clippers um, though. Is the, 
Why do you want to talk about the Clippers more? Oh, and I was just with the Clippers. I was like, I don't know what pieces they're going to move. What do you have at this point? Is it Luke Kennard? Well, John I mean, Wall, I'm not, you know, Marquee we're obviously Morris. not in the, we're not in the front office. I'm not, you know, I would imagine, I know that Steve Ballmer is a buyer guy. He likes to sell. He, he, he'll, he'll, you know, plunge, he'll plunge. He's done it before and we've seen him done it and he'll probably do it again. So I wouldn't be surprised if he is able to maximize a trade, but absolutely. But back to Dallas. Um, I did te- text Justin right away when he said Mavs, and I said, yes, two ball-dominant players, but I also said two guys that really don't do much off the ball. And while John did say, and I, I will agree with him, Luca has become a more serviceable defender, but in the when, when push comes to shove, I'm not trusting him or anything on the defensive side of the ball. And we know Kyrie, he, he can, when he tries really hard, he can do some work on the defensive end, but it's just the size that just overmatches him, so... Yeah, I, I'm 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 not the biggest fan. I think it it makes them a better team, but I I, I gotta see it to believe it, man. I gotta see it to believe it. Fair point. Did lose Roman? I don't have to see. Uh, oh, I don't have to see it to believe second. it. I already know where this is gonna go. This at most it's a second round exit. I'm not gonna lie. At this point, this season is just to see how well they mesh together. I know that. Just to see how well Kyrie and Luca mesh together, and if it goes well you give him his three years not four do not give him four years on that contract three years with a team option at the end of that if he's willing to accept that. i don't know if there's any other team that's willing to throw him a bag bigger than that other than like the lakers if they're stupid which they've proven they are a couple times already but right now that team is just not going to go anywhere outside the second round denver at full strength where they've been already Eclipses almost every single team in that Western Conference. It, it's not even funny. Um, the Grizzlies could the Grizzlies take themselves out of games at times. Some they like to make enemies and then fire teams up and then let those teams wreck them. They're, they were this good last year. You almost lost to the playing Timberwolves. There's a reason. There's a if I get a clock in like playoff frauds each year, I'm not gonna lie. The Grizzlies are gonna always be one of them. And at full strength, I'm taking the Pelicans over this Dallas team too. At full strength. Wow. Are you serious? With Zion's uh, health question? Zion's, 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 saying, Zion's, John, John, yeah, he's saying at full, at, strength, full, full strength. Full strength. Full strength. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, he's prefacing. But, but you know what the thing is? You, we keep on saying full strength, but that's not realistic. Nobody is. That, but it's not that realistic. Yeah, Justin, we're playing the hypothetical game here. That's what we're doing. We're having we're the real life game, Brandon. What do you say? What happened? Yeah, we're playing the ha- we have to play game. the hypothetical. We, ha- we have to play the hypothetical game because Kyrie yeah. is likely going to miss at least a yep. full series. Who, what if he takes a week off of work and doesn't tell anybody? Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying. You see, let's hold on for that for a moment. Okay. So the Pelicans have a lot of deficiencies. They have no rim protection, not a whole lot of shooting, and they don't have a reliable point of attack defender. Neither do the Mavericks. And I think you guys are all pretending here that the Mavericks are just done making moves. And they don't have two first-round picks left over to go out and try to get an OG and Obi and submitting themselves in those sweepstakes. And I'm telling you, if the Mavericks get OG and Obi, they're just as good as Denver in my eyes. They don't want, but they, they already traded their two best pieces. If, unless Toronto wants Christian freaking Wood for OG and Obi, they're not getting OG. They have probably one of the lower packages for him. Mm-hmm. If anything, I... I'd see us getting OG before them. Oh, it's not taking that far, fam. Because the Heat don't even have shit for that either. And no, even don't if they can't get OG, there are going to be some, quite frankly, 
cost-effective options out there like Matisse Thibel from Philadelphia, when you have an offensive dynamo this dynamic, well, look at me here, when you have an offensive dynamo at the level of Luka Doncic, he's a top three or four player in the game, he gives you a chance. We've seen him all by himself in a playoff series go toe-to-toe against Kawhi and Paul George. Last year, he took this team to the conference finals. And it's funny, three of the four top five guys, or three of the four guys in that team, are all gone now. And Jalen Brunson, Spencer Dewitty, and Dorian Finney-Smith. But offensively, there are few teams that can actually match the firepower of Kyrie Irving, Luka Doncic, Christian Wood, Reggie Bullock's buying up, and then one of their different bigs at the five. Dallas does have a pretty big deficiency now, and that's a lead point of attack defender. When Reggie Bullock's not making shots, they're going to have to rely exclusively on Josh Green, who's developed this year, and he's a good 3-and-D wing, but he's not quite at the level where you're going to rely on him in the playoff crucible. He barely played last year in the playoffs. I don't remember him playing that much. And then the other thing the Mavericks really could use is a third ball handler. They have Jaden Hardy, who as a rookie has shown some scoring flash, but we all know for a kid that's 19, can't really pass too well and has a lot of work to do as, you know, a ball mover playing within the flow of the offense. You can't really play Hardy and Kyrie together. So there are some deficiencies in Dallas, but I don't want to pretend like this team has no chance in the postseason because their closing lineup of those four guys I mentioned before, and then Maxi Kleba, who's come off this torn hamstring at almost record time. It's usually a season-ending injury. The guy's back in a couple of months soon. And I think with that lineup, they can go toe-to-toe with anybody in the Western Conference because they have one of the best duos and top five player in the game. But are you feeling like you're being a little too positive here? Massey Kleba coming back from the injury pass could be a bad thing, not a good thing. Um, at the same time, you're looking at Dallas. I don't think they need a third ball handler. Right now, somebody as high as you good and with high usage is Luka, and now you have Kyrie that's, you know, a tier below, but still one of the best ball handlers, one of the better playmakers, and probably one of the most pound-for-pound, pound, most skill scorer probably to play this game. Pound-for-pound, pound at least. So... At some, you don't want, I don't think you want another ball handler on this team to take the ball out of those two's hands even more at this point. And if you're going to have those two as ball handlers, then you're going to need to surround them with three and D wings. And you need to surround them with at least some state, either a stretch big or a stable rim protector. Right now to get all, to get all of those things to make this team a true contender, the amount of money, the amount of selling you're going to have to do, they just don't have those pieces. As of right now, I'm, Right now, if they if they're gonna sign Kyrie to the, they're gonna have to make Kyrie un- understand and take even a little bit less of it, like a deal that Harden got this offseason, so they can spend a little bit more money to get something, or else they're just gonna be in the buyout market fishing for at least something mm-hmm. close to this. Hell, they caught people one of the teams that throw something to get Jay Crowder and watch that flunk out. Like, what if they go out and get Miles Turner as, at the center spot? With the way he's playing this season, the players asking the Pacers asking for him is probably going to be way too high from what Dallas can provide. I'm pretty sure there's been a lot more offers for Miles that's better than better than that. When he resigned, I'm looking with Dallas. When he resigned, yeah. when he resigned, I feel like he was off the trade market at that point. Actually, no. When they re- when they extended him, that gave them the opportunity to then move him even more because he's got two years. Of yeah, that that, up, that upped his trade value. Yeah, that upped his trade. Well, value. no, t- I, I was I wasn't talking trade value. I'm just talking in terms of what the Pacers are looking at. That I don't think that once they resigned him, the what they okay. looked at. And I could be wrong that they didn't want to trade him anymore. I could be yeah, wrong. Yeah, good point. They want a good wing in return for him. And wings to the Mavericks have yeah, to trade I outside think, Josh Green. I think, they, I, think they want, I think they want to trade him, but the offers they were getting was nothing with what they wanted for the future. Uh-huh. So they'd much rather just keep him for now, which is perfectly fine. But what I'm looking with Dallas in these trade, trade scenarios is the fact that they don't have the pieces that other teams have to facilitate trades like this. Like, 
Yes, they can go out and get peace if they get this piece and this piece. But it's, what do they have to offer to even get those? They don't. They're not. If you pay Kyrie, you're not gonna have the money. You only have two draft picks right now. We see how the market is already. So those may not go too far. Mm-hmm. And um, who else? You have um Jaden Hardy, who's barely played this year, so he doesn't know what his potential is. So his trade value is probably not too high. You don't want to trade Josh Green because that's your only competent wind, de- wind defender now. You trade Christian Wood. Now you lost the big man that you just had that was a good partner with Lucas. So you need to go find another one like that too. It just creates way too many problems for this team. Right now, this is going to look offensively. This is going to be a great team. Mm-hmm. But defensive, defensively, and the fact, and the fact that other teams are just way more complete than this team, is gonna be the thing that sits them over the edge. One, Luka's probably the Luka and Jokic, in my eyes, the greatest players I've watched since like 2013. LeBron, like the way they control the game is actually insane. Mm-hmm. So Luka can take it to a level in the playoffs where, yeah, he could probably push him to a conference finals and they'd at least put up a fight, six, seven-game series. But that's high. That's the max I see for this team. And that's if Luka goes nuclear. Are you sure? If, I if, think you're I mean, overlooking the ball. Time out. That, yeah, that's not I a pretty say, bad I, max to say I could see this team at most getting to a Western Conference Finals in a yeah, but that's, half that's a season of experience with Luka and Kyrie. That's not that bad of a spot to end up. Oh, no, not this season. Oh, not this season. I'm talking about next season. This season, second round at most. I, I see. I can't even say the second round at most because when you look at the West, at how far are, is Dallas from the three seed? So here, this is what I want. I wanted to ask you guys a question. Uh, and I think me and Romaine Actually, are yeah, on, that's, a, that's a good point. I think me and Romaine are more on the um, path of like we're not that high. We understand the value of the move and we see everything, but we're not as high as you, uh, you guys possibly are. Uh, John's talking NBA Finals. Justin's talking better than the second round so i want to ask you two a question um is this team currently constructed not considering any other moves is this team currently constructed more likely to be bounced in the first round or be in the nba finals oh man they're more likely to be bounced in the first round thank you i think that's yeah that's they're what two, we, they're, two, they're two games they're two games out of the third seed right now. Mm-hmm. Since the the Kings have us, but the Kings just lost two games straight. The Clippers have been a nice little run, so they're probably going to be in the top five. The Suns are back at fifth. And Memphis has been. Yeah, Memphis is the... coming back, so they're probably. Good. Luka better start. Yeah, so right I mean, now, Luka... I'm looking at Dallas. Yeah, I'm with the way other teams are looking, and this is gonna this is gonna be a growing process for him and Kyrie for at least a good five ten games. Yeah, a little you're, bit. You're so, asking. You're yeah, asking. Yeah, I'm thinking they're probably gonna this. stay around the. They they will not be a first round exit. Yeah, I'm saying this. I, that's a guarantee. I'll put money on that. That's the thing. What if they're playing the Suns yeah, yeah, in the no, first no, no. round? I, I don't care. Right now, I really don't care. No, I'm telling you, I think the West is so yeah. tight. I think this move for Dallas really just puts them over that top, over <laughs> the top. Adding that second superstar and also that's a superstar with NBA Finals experience, played in the biggest games in the world, played with the greatest players on the planet. If anybody's going to elevate your game, sure, Kyrie is going to help. Excuse me, my mom is talking in the background. But, but um, I think Kyrie can really elevate this team. And now, like I said before, when I when I opened, I had said this is a high-risk, high-reward because, quite frankly, Kyrie has given us zero reason to trust that this experiment may actually work out. But for half a season, for half a season, this guy wants to play oh, yeah, for a no, big yeah. contract. Go out there, go show out, and I think he right will. now. Right now, their matchup. We if the playoffs started today, they'd be against the Kings. They're waxing the Kings in the first round. I'm sorry, they, they, they'd wax the King. They'd wax the Kings. That's, a, that's a great round. matchup for the Mavericks. But I see the the like I told John, I see the Kings. Then, 
kind of falling but back then, to the pack. I don't think they're going to finish that. Yeah, high. then the next round they play Denver. So if yeah. the, if that's the, if this starts today, they'd be playing Denver. So who wins a Denver Dallas series if the main stars come are Come on. Come on. Denver. John, Denver. come on. Who the hell's Garden Jokic? I'm asking a question. Who's Garden Jokic? Come on. You put, you put Cleaver on Jokic, and then you take JaVale McGee off the pine for that series. You have him play as the roamer, and with the size Luka can bring closer to the rim, you really have to hope Cleaver can hold JaVale up on Jokic. He's been cooked. But he is literally the only semblance of... So maybe you put Dwight Powell He's worse than DeAndre Jordan. So you probably put Dwight Powell there. You're right. JaVale this year has been not... <laughs> maybe the worst mid-level signing I've seen in quite some time. But... Jerry, help me out here. What do you think? <laughs> no, I, I, would, I would take I would take Denver. Listen, Romaine, I've been one of the guys since we started this podcast. I'm a big, happy-go-lucky. I'm positive. And uh, I do believe that, you know, one player getting hot, just one good stretch of basketball or baseball or football can change a team. And I think uh, Dallas has those pieces to do that. I mean, they showed it last year, just getting to the conference finals. They weren't that far away from getting to the NBA finals. So it just takes one good stretch of basketball. If they line up against Denver, yeah, the odds are against them. But mm-hmm. it's the That's playoffs. Just... Anything can happen. The thing that makes – the thing about Dallas and Denver for me is the fact that not only does Denver literally have every single thing that the Mavericks want, they have the wing defenders. They have the stable big – they have the stable big. They have the point guard play. They have the deep bench. They have everything that Denver – Denver has everything that Dallas wants to become. Except the deep bench part. At that point in that series, yeah, they're about to train Bones Highland, which I think is a big mistake too, which is – but right now, everything – right, right now – if anything can happen, I'm on the side of anything can happen to. I'm on the side of I know if Luke or Kyrie goes crazy, the sky's the limit for this team. But at this mo- moment in time right now, I can say the same thing for Denver. And Denver also has those players that have that playoff experience that, hey, any series, KCP can go 40, 60% from three in four or five games and completely shoot you out of that se- shoot Shoot any team out of that series. Mm-hmm. Any single series, MPJ could just look like one of the best shooters in the planet. Of course, he can't defend... A, a damn cone but still <laughs> like the offense um the offense production that can come from denver at any single point if anybody gets it's the fact that I have that many weapons that yeah. can get hot it doesn't it's not one or two guys that mm-hmm. like dallas where it's either Kyrie or luca maybe you get a game from um from reggie bullock but really it's just those two versus the entire team of denver where it's just that on any single given night one of those guys can get hot and you're not winning that game yeah Denver's you know, a much better team <laughs> like Jokic could have a bad shooting night, which is probably when's how many times did that happen this year? Even if he does have a bad shooting night, he the way he affects the game to the point where he's never. I don't think he's. Let me not say that because people are cooking. People are saying Steph can't have a bad game. He he's one of the pe- people that are least susceptible to having considered mm-hmm. a bad game. Yeah. So I have a question for you guys. Last year, the Mavericks built their foundation off of really good wing defense and then Luka Ball of two guards. What team is better? The Dallas team last year went to the conference finals, or the current team with no DFS, no Jalen Brunson, no Spencer Dinwiddie, but Kyrie Irving. I'll take last year's team. Last year, last year's team. If ever, I'm not gonna lie, I think Luca was still a little bit hampered in the playoffs. Either way, last year's last year's team. 
if they didn't run into the Warriors, let's say somehow, the, let's say if Josh stays healthy, somehow the Grizzlies pull out that series. If they run into anybody else but the Warriors, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie. In a full playoff series against that Celtics team, I'm still taking. I would have taken. I would have taken Dallas too if they made it to the NBA Finals. Um, hey, with the way Jason Tatum shot in that final series, I I feel like. It's one of those. It's one of the situations with like a LeBron Toronto thing, where he doesn't have the mental edge yet. But at some point, it's like, yeah, Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic are like top players in the league, but the level is just crazy different, and the levels that Luka can get to at his best is just that much better. That even in situations stacked against him, I can still see him win. Like, there's no reason why people are looking at him versus that Clipper team and thinking that he could beat them. There's literally no reason anybody should ever thought that, and yet it was actually a thing. They went up too old before, so it's like one of those situations where last year. You had the point guard play. You had the wing defense. You just didn't have that big in the middle. I feel like if you kept Jalen Brunson and you were able to at least sign Christian Wood or trade for Christian Wood, mm-hmm. that would have been a much better team this year than what they have now, even with Kyrie. I agree with you guys so heartily. I mean, especially with how, how much Jalen Brunson has developed. I recently made a top 10, top 15 point guard list. Jalen Brunson was right at the top 10. And I don't think the gap between Jalen Brunson and Kyrie is that large. I'm not going to be a Kyrie hater here. Can our last episode? On their, av- on their average, yeah. But Kyrie's peak is a lot bigger than Jalen Brunson. And that's peak. the thing. You know, I was talking to my grandma, my lovely grandmother, about the move. And my grandma's takeaway was basically it's like, that man Kyrie is still living off that 2016 playoff run. If the Mavericks are acquiring him to go deep in the postseason, but Kyrie's teams in the last seven years have as many playoff series victories without him as they do with him, clearly... Kyrie has been a common denominator and his team's underperforming in the postseason. You look back to Boston in 2018 with Terry Rozier, they go to the conference finals. Mm -hmm. Now that team overachieved, but when Kyrie was back in 2019, he flaked down his team after saying he would want to come back. And the second round, they literally collapsed. They lost four straight games to a Bucks team that was clearly not invincible as we saw the following rounds. Then he goes to Brooklyn, his first year at the team. We already went over this. He hasn't played in the playoffs. Second year at the ankle injury. The third year, AFK. The fourth year, request a trade. Yeah, John, basically, I'll sum it up like this. Besides that 2016 playoff run, what the hell has Kyrie ever done in his career? Lost four straight series in the first or second round. I'm, I, I, was, I was counting them in my head. Yeah, he'd... Yep. Nothing. I'm not Nothing. the type of person that, that say he's living off 2016 because, listen, our, between 2015 and 2019, the league was such an like president to like talent level with so top heavy mm-hmm. him being part of those top heavy teams he was him being part of the reason why that cleveland team you just look at it and be like Braun and Kyrie. there's very, only one team in the league i'm taking over them and that's the monster that's golden state it's the reason why Kyrie still viewed that way and i think he still deserves to be viewed that way but he's just i think a lot of situations have been a in 2018 against Boston, when you listen, like, I've listened to some of him on Twitch and him talking about that situation in Boston, the, the injury, coming back from it, not being yourself, you know, going through, you know, death, death of a family member, stuff like that. I will willing to give him a pass for the Boston stuff because at the end of the day, you're human. And I'm not going to lie, I didn't, I didn't trust that Brad Stevens and um, what's his name? I can't even remember his name. Um, Cornell. Utah Jazz president. What the? Oh, didn't he? No, Utah Jazz president. Yeah, Danny, what the, Danny Ainge, I, I didn't trust Brad Stevens and Danny Ainge should probably handle that situation well either. So I'm guessing that th- that was just a huge falling out because whenever you talk to his teammates, they all love him there. Going to Brooklyn, 
the first year not playing in the playoffs, I'm not going to hold it up against him because there's a lot of players that didn't want to go play in the bubble. There's a lot of players that, and he felt like, they, you know, there's a bigger, there's bigger things to handle than playing basketball at the time. And I can't blame him for that. Now, 2020, what was that? 20, um, 2020, that was with James, right? 2021, 20. Wait. That was so the 20, hamstring Oh, yeah, they bent the bubble. Yeah. You got so, your timeline right. Yeah, 2021, that, that dump. The thing with Brooklyn that year is that you had such a great team put together with Karis LeVert, Jared Allen. You had all the pieces. You, you literally had every single piece. fit. To, you had the wing defender. You had the big in the middle. You had a perfect team, but you wanted to go superstar hunt. So you get him, but the, and it almost worked. But the way I saw it, the moment they got James, I'm like, look, James is out of shape. And he's been injury prone for the past like two years. Kyrie's consistently been injury prone. KD's coming off an Achilles injury, and he's hasn't even played a full. He's been missing twenty games per season, um, since he coming back. It's not an if they're gonna get injured or they're gonna miss some games. It's the when it's gonna happen. Unfortunately, it happened in the worst time possible in the middle of a series that they should have been, they should have been up three zero in because I remember that game three. Where the where they kind of had a quick meltdown in the fourth quarter because I think that was a low scoring game. I think that was only in the eighties. Mm-hmm. It was really low scoring. That yeah. game three, mm-hmm. yeah, and they were they were up three with like a minute. They were like, with like a minute and a half left. So they should have what? So a series that was completely winnable if they stayed healthy. Cool, but guess what? The way that team was handling, the way that front office was, James didn't like it. He was out. You still you have Kyrie and KD. You realize that's not enough. You finally have a good team this year. But I feel like the moment you the moment they tried to add stipulations to his contract and told him, hey, yo, you're going to need to play 60 games or you need to do this or that to get your money, that was a big problem because not a lot of other players in the league have those type of, have those type of things in their contract. And for mm-hmm. somebody of Kyrie's caliber, even though he's living off 2016, it's still – I can understand why he didn't want to sign that. He's all about securing his money, and I understand why he didn't want to sign that contract. Well, so I'll, like, okay, let me play. I'll, let I'll me give play you – Let me I'll give I'll give you that point, but what I will say because you you you, you I, I think you answered your own question to be honest with you. You said uh, not many not other players really have to deal with those type of stipulations, and it's because not everybody's Kyrie Irving and not everybody has the baggage Kyrie Irving brings to the table. Um, again, but the only baggage in Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn. Well, we're talking everything. When when them. you're when you're sitting at that business table, you're bringing everything to account. You're not just looking at Brooklyn. You're looking at how. How it happened, was, what happened in Boston, what happened in the, Cleveland. You're looking at everything, man. Yeah. That's what you got to do. You look at Boston and you say, okay, he dealt with some things. But again, he decided to go. He wanted Boston. He told, uh, what's his name? Gilbert, um, uh, send me to Boston. I want to go to Boston. Okay, we'll go. You go to Boston. They got a terrible deal. Uh, Cleveland did. And he got to Boston. Loaded team. I, for full disclosure, I was a huge Kyrie Irving fan after um, when they uh, won the finals, I was like, yo, I believe, I truly believe this guy can be a number one on a championship team, averaging 30 points and making their, making that team better. And when he went to Boston, I was fully on. I was like, yo, if they match up with the Warriors in the finals, I believe they can go toe to toe. And I think they can beat them because they got a stacked team. They go 11 deep. He got injured midway through the season. They made it to the conference finals without them, without him. Then John, we already highlighted all this. But it's just everything you handle. It's the way he's handled situations. It's it's all the stuff that's come out. It's all the the, the controversies and whatnot that we don't have to really get into the nitty gritty. It's the reason why that the Brooklyn Nets. I don't think. I, I think if you're looking at it, you can't say if you're the Brooklyn Nets or if you're the Dallas Mavericks, 
that you don't have a little caution, a cause for pause to sign Kyrie to a full long-term extension because of everything that you've seen in the past. That's what I think that they're coming from is, is the only reason. So, I mean, listen, he can demand his money. If we're talking strictly on the court, Kyrie Irving deserves 200 plus million dollars. There's no question about it. He is a superstar talent. He's box office. You, you, like I like to, like I say, and like Stephen A likes to say, you go through the turnstiles to go see Kyrie Irving play basketball. That's how freaking special he is. Yeah. But we're not just talking on the, on the court. You have to also take it off the court when you're signing fully guaranteed contracts. Yeah. And that's why I, I didn't have a problem with Brooklyn. Like, no, we're not going to give that extension now. And he's like, okay, cool. Let me play. Let me get through this season. Have midway point before, or, you know, um, before, um, so I can get my extension. I'm going to show y'all. I'm going to play majority of these games this season. I'm going to be cooking people on the court. Brooklyn was the third seed at the time. And then, but before any of this happened, I think the moment the bridge between him and Brooklyn was burned to the point where he wasn't even coming back with the off of the catch was the moment that the whole, um, the whole movie thing happened. The moment that happened is the moment I knew that bridge was burned because at the time, I think it was a situation where Kyrie didn't watch that movie fully, so he promoted something that he didn't watch completely, mm-hmm. and then he should have apologized immediately. But it's the point where the media was trying to, like, little boy him a little bit, so he got stubborn. Sure. I feel like he knew he wasn't going to get that extension. He just wanted to try and see if he can get it. And then since they said no, he's like, all right, let me get out of here now. He touched the stove, and after the burn, he let it heal a little bit. There's still the scar, but he's like, let me just give it a shot. And I think we all knew last offseason, Brooklyn allowed him to test the waters of Ravensy. Nobody wanted him, including the Lakers, because they couldn't pay him with Russell Westbrook's contract. So there's a couple of things I want to hit on. We talked about the Lakers. The Brooklyn Nets are still contenders. And truth be told, they may have gotten better out there trading Kyrie Irving. I'm watching Cam Thomas right now. The kid is 45 points against the Los Angeles Clippers. Contenders for what, John? They're contenders <laughs> because they raised their floor massively with this trade. You get Dorian Finney-Smith, one of the best 3-and-D wins in the game, and now you get rid of the distraction that really was trying to defy the locker room. You know, Kyrie in some ways was almost sabotaging the culture that Jacques Font done such a nice job this year rebuilding. You know, it's a team with a elite he's defense. He's been great since Jacques Vaughn became the head coach, though. He's been great since he became the head coach, Well, exactly. Though. Jacques Vaughn's been doing this in spite of Kyrie being out of the lineup at first, and then the last couple of weeks, this would have sent the net season into a absolute tailspin. So now you get rid of Kyrie and you replace okay, him. Katie, you replace Katie him with a bigger long. guard that's not as much of a ball stopper, is better defensively, can switch some, and then you add Enduring Finney Smith into their switching style scheme. DFS is a perfect fit here. Now he's regressed a little bit, and you don't know what these wings when the athleticism starts to wane and the shots start to fall less and less when they just become a bench player. But for now, DFS is a good starting player. Nick Claxton is a really good center. And now off the bench, you have all of the shooting. I think there's a real case if they go out and make a move like Fred Van Fleet, they give up two first round picks, whether it's Philadelphia's they got in the Ben Simmons trade in 2027 or that Dallas Mavericks 2029 pick. Fred Van Fleet would be perfect for this team. Shooting, versatile defense at the point guard spot, and he moves the ball well. He can play within the flow, and we've seen him in the postseason. So the net ceiling definitely did drop with moving Kyrie, but the floor raised no doubt about it. And now you have Cam Thomas, a second-year guard, who quite frankly, we've known for a while this kid's a bucket getter, getting his opportunity, and he's about to have 50 points at home. What? 
Yeah. Are you watching this game, my friend? He's got three. And you guys are sitting up. You're like, nah, he's not Kyrie Irving. Cam Thomas is Kyrie without all of the other nonsense. John Cam Thomas. Stand by your tweet, by the way, John. Because what, which I, tweet I, I had? This, this one popped up on my notifications while we were recording. And I was going to comment on it just to make you laugh. Uh, but John <laughs> really said, okay, Cam Thomas is better than Kyrie. Cam Thomas is available. Okay. Okay. What? Yeah. I, I just wanted to put two that. games, bro. <laughs> I just games? wanted to put Listen, that. He did this in the two football. Games. He did this in the football season. Freaking didn't Kyrie have two? Three. Didn't Kyrie have 44, 36, 40, and 44 just this past week? So I said that partially in jest, Justin, but how often do we see a guard get an opportunity Backtrack. like this and capitalize so much on opportunity? Cam Thomas. I've compared him to a more thick Jordan Clarkson, but at this point, dude, he may be more thick Michael Jordan. The kid is so confident, and the jump shot, it's a little, it looks a little bit weird in some ways, but he can score from all three levels. He's got a good enough handle getting to the rim, and the mid-range area, he has a really strong in-between game. Now, his playmaking is something that, you know, it needs to be refined, and he can't make advanced-level reads. Defensively, he's undersized, but what the Nets needed Justin was this reliable secondary score. Cam Thomas was on the pine all season long, meme-mugging people like this, and now the kid who was already a league-leading scorer in the SEC, conference-leading scorer, showing the second season, hey, look, I'm one of the best scorers in my draft class, and keep this in mind, too, He's going to be available in the postseason because he's got these fresh legs. He's been hungry for this his entire life. And now in Brooklyn, what they need is exactly what Cam Thomas does so well, mm -hmm. which is scoring so, the rock I, from all I, three levels. John, I think, you're, I think you're missing the point on the fact that Brooklyn, the sec, you can get out the first round. The second round, you're playing either Dallas, Philly, or Boston. Okay, well, you, you, know what, you, you know what Cam Thomas is doing right now? Against the theoretical Celtics. Everybody talks about the Clippers, and he's got 50 points almost on them. All right, can I, can I just, let, me, Clippers, let me just say. You hear what I feel about the Clippers? The Clippers suck to me. Well, according to you guys, suck. they're a legitimate team with a top me, six. they're a legitimate team. And it's a regular season game, man. Like, yeah. oh, Kawhi John, on the floor. Zubac's on the floor. Terrence Mann is. They're not playing the same Cam way Thomas they would be playing nice. in the playoffs, man. That's a fact. But I think we, we haven't even addressed the elephant in the room, and that's that there's still rumors about Kevin Durant potentially being on the move too. Not this season. There's rumors, but there's there's huh. also there's also there's so, also rumors that. So what what contender are you talking about at this point? I'm sorry, the Brooklyn yeah. Nets are no longer contenders. You are a reactionary. On the floor. No, it's you're not being reactionary. Not reactionary. This is <laughs> yeah. This is fact. You might be the one making when, the headlines when, in the newspaper. You're, you're telling me Kevin Durant is looking forward. To, to strapping up his sneakers and, and, and going on the court. You think he's a great job with this trade. To lace him up after that? He's going to give him a chance this because season. You know what? Because going into this year, it was either let go of the GM or let go of the head coach. And now guess what? Or let Katie, they got rid or of the head Katie coach, go. and now his best buddy's gone too. Okay, well, Kyrie is not his best buddy at that point. Yo, Kevin Durant probably okay. no, 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 no. just See, that's what as I hate, much. When Kyrie, Kyrie does. When Katie, when Katie put in I'm, the I'm, request, I'm, I'm sick and tired of it. didn't tell Kyrie. So Kyrie not telling him about his, that doesn't that doesn't really mean anything to me because they both didn't tell each other when they're about to They do clearly it. were not that close at the end of it. No, they're I, close, but they understand it's a business. They just yeah, do what makes them happy and they understand that. Here's the thing. I think we're all forgetting. Kevin Durant requested a trail last year because with that, the Nets could not win games. 
They are a near 500 team without him this season, with a way better head coach, a way better defensive supporting cast, and offensively a rising star in a second in the second season that has, for back-to-back games, dropped 40 plus points. You realize how special that is. This is what Kim Thomas was drafted to be. It's exactly what he did at LSU, and it's exactly what he's doing now in the NBA. He came back from 23 points. You saw Emin Summer and Cam Thomas combine for over 70 points. They clearly have something here in the supporting cast, Justin. I think what you're missing is, while they got rid of Kyrie, the Nets are a better team this year than where they're at last year. Because all of those things I talked about coming into the season, all the things that people doubted, culture, coaching, defense, front court, and then wing depth, they have all of it. They've made really good I'm not, moves. I'm, I'm, Sean Marks has done a really masterful job outside of some of the big-time misses, you know, trading for Harden, turning him into Ben Simmons. But given all that came with Kyrie, all the baggage, I think the Nets have maneuvered into a better position than where they're at. This Nets team, with Kevin Durant playing as well as he was before the MCL injury, this may be a better roster than what they had in 2021 I mean, when Kyrie is. and James Harden were yeah, in that lineup all the time. You're putting round. a lot of pressure uh, oh, on, on the shoulders of a, a second-year player in Cam Thomas. Yeah. You're putting I'm a saying, lot of pressure on him. Right now, he's got a lot of pressure on him, and he's pressure yeah, fixed diamonds. Sorry, it's, it's it looks like game. an absolute gem. That's what it looks like. It's one game. Two games. If you go into a series, and actually, it's not two games, because score. before these two games, he was playing very well. He's an efficient bucket getter. That I'm not, listen, I'm not, I, don't want, I don't want to use this to knock Cam Thomas, because that's not what I'm doing. But I'm saying straight up, you're putting a lot of pressure on a guy that is averaging eight points a game for a season. Don't throw the point per game averages. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yes. He's lighting up the scoreboard now. Okay, look. You mean Butler averaged eight points in the last starting spot? What are we doing? This is a guy that's not averaging 30 minutes a game. He's not even averaging 28 minutes a game. So now that he's finally going to get these minutes, now we'll see what he's really up to on a consistent basis. So seeing him play 14 minutes a game doesn't mean much to me. You're putting too much pressure on the guy. He just missed You you, you really think that he's going to go out there and be the second coming of Kyrie? It doesn't work that way. Well, he called him Michael Jordan. Okay, and then he and then he missed Cam two Tom- shots back to back, which would have okay. Been look, deal. I love you John, right now, but this Cam this on is, average, as, Cam, as Brandon Cam on would average, say, I can rose colored glasses. Yeah, I'm seeing Cam put up eight fifteen to eighteen consistently. That's cool. But if you're going to any playoff series against any of the top three teams in the Eastern Conference, with Cam Thomas as your second best scorer, you are getting run out of that. But he game. may not be. They have Spencer yeah. Dewey coming out of that. And guess what? Spencer Dewey is a great fit right. for this team. John, John, I just want to let you know, first off, they better be better than what they were last year because like Romain said, they got swept in the first round. So actually, it's not asking a lot to be better than what they were last year. All they got to do is win one game in the freaking playoffs and they did better than what they did last year. They almost took a team that went to the finals to six, seven games. Last How many year. years ago was that? It was 10 months ago. You said six or seven ago. games. They got swept in four. Are you talking Boston? Yeah, that was a close year. They got year. swept. I think if Jason Tatum doesn't make that game winner in game one, that could have been a seven. Yeah, game. and if my sister had a twig and two berries, she'd be my brother, but she's Again, not. Boston? But, okay. so, I mean, what are we talking <laughs> here? I know those games are close. They got decided by two, three. They got this. They got decided by two, three a lot. Yes. No, they still got put. They still got, doesn't matter. It could be, you can lose a series by one point guys, in total. I don't care. You still what? got so also, 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 they lost those games because they didn't have the defensive versatility. Also, also, and now John, they have that to John, win. John, guess what? Oh, so now Cam Thomas is your defensive versatility? <laughs> Oh, 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 excuse me. Excuse me. Nicholas Claxton is an all-league defender. John. He's been one of the best switch defenders in the league. He's been a better switch defender than Bam Adebayo. And guess what? Oh, 
he's oh, averaging three blocks okay, a game. Okay, okay, okay. We're, we're, we're not yeah, doing that. Jordan Smith, where's O'Neal? Utah Watanabe making 50% of his threes and playing good team defense. And along with all of that, you have Spencer Dinwiddie, who this year has averaged 18 points per game, showing he can play off from a star at a high level. And I haven't even mentioned Ben Simmons, the wild card that all of you talked about. The guy that you trashing and said forgot how to play basketball. He's literally forgotten how to play basketball. But now that you have Cam Thomas breaking out, you don't need, clearly, Ben Simmons. And then Sumner, who for back-to-back games has had 20-plus points. And I haven't even mentioned Joe Harris. John, That's quick another good player coming off of a quick fully question. Quick name. question. Quick question. This game you were just hyping them up about, uh, what was the outcome? Um, they lost. Oh, they lost. Three starters. And they, okay, they're missing three starters over 60% of their team. And you're coming with a table. Oh, they almost beat the right Clippers. Or is it this one? Oh. Which one is it? Is it the right or left? They took an out. I'm not going to That was I'm a great game. You I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not here. And like Justin, I'm not here to, to, crap on, to crap on Cam Thomas. Like I've said in our in our previous talks, John, I've heard a lot from about Cam Thomas from people's opinions I respect in the basketball space. Okay, I'm I'm rooting for Cam Thomas. I think he can be a very good player. Putting him up in that category of Kyrie and, and MJ, you're you're losing your goddamn mind. Um, it, okay, it's well clearly you can't unnecessary. Get it's joke. wrong and unnecessary. It's wrong and unnecessary. You don't put that type of pressure on a young kid like that. All right, but you gotta look at all the facts here, man. You gotta look at all the facts. KD's coming off injury. What if he gets injured again? What if he stays healthy? It's the top three players. Can go. What if he stays healthy? And I'd probably say they're going to get bounced a lot in the first more round. Than the I think they're getting bounced in the first round. No, this no, no, no. This Brooklyn Nets team, I, I, they have a chance to. No, they, they're they're taking any team that if they if they keep if they have a chance in the first. They they can definitely win a first round series. But I'm definitely saying <laughs> you're acting like doing the second best the, player. In any the of them? No, any. Wait, huh? Who's the second best player? Where? Kevin Durant in Brooklyn. Okay, yeah, yeah. All league defender. <laughs> 30 point per oh, game man. score. Oh, Nobody no, is more efficient. I want what you're smoking. Why you are crazy. Nobody can match Those going okay, listen, those block numbers, those block numbers are cool. It's not about block Katie, numbers, it's Katie. about the impact he plays. I know I know, but it's, it's, the, same, it's the same problem. It's the same problem I had when people said that about him in um in um Golden State. In Golden State. When he's next to a great defensive big like an Claxton or Draymond Green, he looks a lot better than he actually is. Mm-hmm. KD is not an all-world defender. He's above average at best. Yeah, which is pretty damn good for his height and the position. That's pretty yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, but yeah, but that's yeah, but I'm just saying, like he's not this all-world no, defender that people want to make it out, make him out to be. Can he block a shot here and there when he really wants to? 100. Seven feet, freaking. Yeah, got a seven okay, foot. Well, there's a reason why. The great there's a reason why Brooklyn's deep. I can switch one through four, and you guys, like, what's going to happen to you? What's going to happen to your opinion when the Nets trade for Fred Van Vliet, and now all of a sudden you got to? They're actually book. trying to trade for Siakam. Actually, they I think they're trying to trade for Siakam yeah. right now, not Fred Van Vliet. They're trying to trade Nikki. Um, but John, guess what? If any other move happens, my opinion will stay the same since the first day Kyrie and KD stayed on. My opinion was right. Again, uh, the Nets are not winning a championship. Sorry, burst your bubble. I think this might be the last year of Kevin Durant in a Nets uniform. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm not saying. That. I'm not saying that. unless he sit unless he sits unless he sits out next year. It's not his last year. Brooklyn has way too much leverage. Also, what a failure. Brooklyn has been. But oh, yeah, yeah. You, you know what? I'm, I'm happy you said that, Brandon, uh, when you mentioned failures, because when we talk about, you know, super teams that come together, this is probably the biggest failure in history. It makes me feel um, so much history. better every single time. And, and, like, you, can, you could go, and I'm saying, 
Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett uh, coming to the Nets, fail. Um, Kobe, D12, yeah, D12, Nash. And Kobe, this is so much worse because you're getting all these players in, you know, relatively in their prime, relatively in their prime where they can still put up MVP caliber numbers. This is a massive failure. But you know, what's one thing I'll say as much as I clown the Nets and, and I and I rooted for their fa- their failure time and time again. Yo, I would I would do the same thing over and over again. Yeah, uh, you, you you put Except your team and you put your the franchise. Gym, I, would, I, I wouldn't do the gym charge. I, I mean, I would honestly, I would do it all for the simple fact that you're you're reassuring your fan base that you're all about it and you're willing to go all in. Which is why I kind of love this move by Dallas too, because you're showing them, yo, I'm gonna do anything in my power to support Luca. And I think I think the Nets would do this trade over and over and over again for the simple fact that it put them in contention. And you know, people are talking about them. They were, they were contending for a world uh, for an NBA Finals trophy, and they while they didn't get there, like I said, utter failure. I don't think any of us would disagree. Miami, as a Miami fan for Brandon and Romaine, I'm sure you guys would love if your team put all chips on the table to go out there and win a Finals, and myself included, when it comes to the Knicks. <laughs> you mean like going to get Donovan Mitchell? And you made a great point, Justin. I mean. They didn't even trade for Kevin Durant. They got the sound of top 15, top 20 player of all time, a cap space. And yeah, the big deterrent but, 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 was that you had to take on his crazy friend. No, you signed, you signed Katie, and then you got to extend him four years. That's crazy. The, the Nets front office has just been in this incompetent for like a good 12 years so far. Since trading for Darren Williams, you traded like 16 years worth of draft capital. All you've had on the team is like a Brooke Lopez, Jared Wallace, um, and Dan Williams, then you traded for, you made a horrible trade for KG and Paul Pierce. You scrapped all of that. You somehow were able to get a team that had D'Angelo Russell, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen. Um, wasn't Bogdanovich on that team? It was. Boy, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you had, you were able to actually build a pretty competent, fun-looking roster that could go into the future. You probably wasn't going to win anything crazy, but you could move those players for something and you could actually get a little bit better. You had the money in free agency to sign better players too. And then you just scrap all of that luck to put that together, to put this shit show together. I think Sean Marks has done a really good job. Like like Justin said, teaming up Katie and Kyrie was an amazing opportunity. And when we look back at the 2019 offseason, it's kind of funny to say this. The Lakers were the only team that actually won. The Rockets went all in trading two picks and two swaps for Russell Westbrook. And after one year, they're blowing it up. Since then, the Rockets had have had the worst record in basketball every single season. They're maybe the most dysfunctional team in all of basketball, if you're really going to be honest. The Clippers went all in on Kyrie and Paul George. And what's happened since then? They've made it to the conference finals. They knocked down the first, or sorry, they knocked down in the second round, following one of the biggest meltdowns we've seen in the last time they missed the playoffs. We then shift gears to the Nets, and they did make it to the second round. They won one playoff series in three years. Now, they can still, this this season, come back and go back to the conference finals for the first time in a long time. It's also going to take a couple of things going their way. And I feel like the Lakers were the only team that really bought in that offseason that came out winners. The other team was Utah, but, I mean, they disappointed for all that they invested into Connolly, Gobert, or Mitchell. Because the Lakers are the only one that got a superstar that's actually consistent. Katie's consistent in the regular season. You get into playoff time, it's it's an up and down roller coaster with him sometimes, depending on the pressure that's on his head. And I'll continue to say that. The Houston situation, James has been has shown Jay 
there's a lot of problems that Houston Rockets team. A lot, some of it's not on James, but he's consistently underperformed. Whether it's you know him being tired or the team just being bad, it's just always going to be that. It's just, I feel like when it comes to super teams and when it comes to like free agents and stuff, like I think people look at what LeBron has done with rose colored glasses and not realize like the level that he was at to do that is a level that I don't think there's 2013. I don't think there's anybody else in the league that can do that at the time. You can't tell me there's a player in the league right now that can take a, take a team like that Cleveland team and then win 60 games and make it the NBA finals. You can't tell me there's a player right now that can mesh that well with D, to be on D Wade and LeBron and skill set wise, not a good fit together yet. You still won two out of four years and no other super team can even sniff one outside of like golden state. Mm-hmm. Like at some point, People have to stop trying to like recreate certain things that you see maybe LeBron has done to be successful. You can't super teams, too many egos, too, the, there's only one ball, and you need an all-time coach to be able to handle all of that at the same time. Yeah. You just it's just a like stop trying to recreate the wheel that took a top two player of all time to create. Mm-hmm. Mm. I agree. Look at what the look look at what the Lakers did when they paired Kobe and you got Andrew Bynum, you got Paul Gasol, you got shooters around them. A good competent team. Um, look at Golden State before twenty um, seventeen. Try to do yeah, something like that. It's stop, always I, actually not even, not even Golden State because tr- please, for the love of God, stop trying to build your team around small point guards. It takes a t- top two player at a position for that to work anymore. Yeah, like it's either Steph or Magic. No other point guard's been able to get you to that point. Like it's gonna have to be a consistent wing or a big man. Mm-hmm. But just make a competent team. Stop trying to star hunt. Because the league is way too talented for that shit to work anymore. And Brooklyn was the perfect example of why you should stop trying to do that right now. Because look how that blew up. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I I, much prefer the dynamic duo, I guess, if you want to call it, era of basketball. Where it's two superstars or two uh, a superstar and a star on the same team. I much prefer that. But yeah, the, uh, yeah recreating... Giannis Chris Middleton. Yep, recreating stuff is... is it doesn't work, and I think it's so much more fun for the league when it's just a, a dynamic duo. I think the the there's much more teams in playoff hunt in championship uh, contention, and it just makes much more of a fun uh, a league. Like when sure. the Warriors were at their height of their powers, it, it really wasn't much fun because we knew it was going to happen. Yeah. That's why I think super teams have been so overrated. Most of them are in theory, but that one Golden State team was the exception where it was. Homemade. Now, real quick, we only got a couple of minutes before we shift gears momentarily to the Homemade Warriors. where? What? Homemade where? Golden State was homemade. 2015. Okay, look. Well, they were homemade. homemade. What do you mean they're not homemade? The other, they the they other, drafted Draymond the other, Clay and stuff. Yeah, I'm saying, but that's not a super team. That's not it a became, super team. They became, a they became a quote-unquote super they team. They won 73 games. What they team. became. Yeah. That's not a super team, though. That's just a team that... Super okay, team so then and the team definition of super team is just theoretical teams that don't do anything like the Clippers. If that's what we're gonna chalk up a super team, to. <laughs> not even that. It's just no. no it's, a, team it's, is, two super, is... it's two superstars or two All NBA players that can be an All NBA team and another All Star. But what... wasn't that what Draymond super... was an All NBA talent? He was pretty close to that red right side. Draymond's on the All Defense. Draymond's an All. But I think we all have an understanding that Draymond one is a system player and two, sure. he's an All Defensive player. But like. Talent wise, I'm not comparing him to like who are the guys competing with him for those um all NBA two all two all NBA teams. Oh well, yeah, I mean he had his role, and I think he did his role to the best. Yeah, he's he's probably the he's he's top nine top. I'm gonna say top three role player of all time. Like sure. role player, yes, 
But I'm not considering that team a super KD. Yes, that's a super team, and that's not homemade because you literally throw away all your depth to get. But that's still a mega team, and that was the the reason they got it done because they were just that much better than everybody else. Uh -huh. But when you make a super team like the Nets, um, who else has tried to do it so far? Like the Clippers, Celtics. not not even the Clippers. The, the Clippers didn't have a super the Lakers. The, the Lakers, uh, when they added the Lakers. old Carl Malone and, and uh, Gary Payton yeah. tried to do it. Yeah, when you when you try to make those super teams, unless you're making a team that's so overwhelmingly better oh, than uh, everybody else, didn't uh, it's Houston, not going to work. Uh, Houston do it with Charles Barkley and. Or was that Jake yeah. Pippen? Yep, yep. The yeah, they likes. tried to do yeah. it. Yeah, they, there's that's why we don't remember those teams or anything yeah. else. Now, yeah. real quick, we have a couple of minutes where we shift gears to the Warriors. Romaine, you saw a tweet by BC. We got like five minutes here, but what was this tweet that I'm apparently missing out on? What's what's going on here between Kyrie Irving? Is it a little bit? Bit oh, Kyrie and oh, Jay oh, 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 Will and Stephen A. Smith talking about Kyrie. I think mm -hmm. Stephen A. Smith, I think Jay Will is completely right in saying that Stephen A. Smith gives a lot of like gives breaks to people like um. What's the Dallas owner's name for um Mark Cuban. Jerry no, no, Jones? No, 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 yeah, Jerry, Jerry Jones, Dana, and, um, White. Dana White. Dana White passes for some of the horrible things they did, but when it comes to Kyrie, he seems to have a lot more vitriol for him for some sm for smaller infractions. Like you, I, I understand being mad at Kyrie for him not wanting to show up to work. You know, him being out for like personal reasons for so long that years. Okay, you can have problems with him. You can have problems with the way he handled the contract situation with the way the off court issues, but. The level that he is pissed off at Kyrie, it just seems a little vindictive. It's way, it's way more vindictive than anybody else. Because you give way too, way too many other people passes for way more. And I think Jay Williams is just saying, like, you have a little bit too much of a problem with Kyrie. When this situation specifically, him leaving Brooklyn, I can't even blame him too much for that. Because the writing was on the wall the moment, like, Josiah tried to do that. So it's like... Even he said on me, like, Kyrie should be playing. He doesn't know what the Brooklyn Nets are doing at some point. Yes, he should apologize, but he should be on the court. Like, so him leaving, I don't think there's a point where you need to go all in on Kyrie's this, Kyrie's that. If if Dallas, like, flames out and Kyrie's a problem, oh, immediately. Yeah, Kyrie's definitely the problem. Cool. But right now, this isn't a situation where I'm just going to be that crazy hard on him. And he's still on this whole tirade of, like, just on his head for no absolute reason. No, yeah, I, 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 I hear your point. I, I, I see your point. Um, I, I agree with that. So you're talking in terms of you have a problem with Stephen A. not matching energies with Jerry Jones yeah. or Dana White and them, and I agree with you 100%. I have no argument there. Where I was coming from simply was I've been following this Jay Will, Stephen A. I watch First Take almost on a daily basis for the past how long? How long Kyrie? Past two two and a half years with this Kyrie situation. I've seen them go back and forth. Um, and personally, from my experience watching and really observing them, I feel Jay Will has really tried to absolve Kyrie of a lot of accountability uh, and culpability. Uh, and I think Stephen A is being hard on him. And again, I agree with you, matching energies. 100% Stephen A should match those energies. Um, but yeah, I was specifically just talking about... Uh, I'm on Stephen A's side when it comes to those two going at it because I do think I, I just think Jay Will is I don't know if he I think he might know Kyrie personally and speak. I to think him. he's coming from the player he's coming from the player's perspective. Yeah, he's more also than doing that. Um, but also it's just yeah, so, brother. Yeah, so I, yeah that that's all I was saying is that I just I, I've seen their perspectives and I, I I just feel like Jay Will should be a lot a lot more uh, 
have a lot more culpability onto Kyrie. But I agree with you, Stephen. That's fair. Should one hundred percent be matching energies. If you're going to talk, you know, Aaron, uh, Jay will got on him with the Aaron Rodgers vaccination when the Kyrie thing was going on too, and he said you're not matching the same energy, and they had a very heated debate about that too. So agree, he's got to match those energies. If you're going to call Kyrie out and and go that hard in the paint. You've got to go hard in the paint on Dana White. You've got to go hard in the paint on Jerry Jones, hard in the paint on Aaron Rodgers, all these guys. There's no, you know, fair is fair, and you gotta you got to be fair there. And Stephen A. is all about fair, so maybe he'll sit down, he'll think about it, and he'll be That's like, one thing oh, Jay Will is, uh, you were right, I'm going to be more fair-minded, and I'm going to, you know, hit these guys a little harder. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from, Jay Will. I, yeah, I definitely think he's coming from the player's perspective, and there's a sense that, you know, he's giving them a little bit more of, a, you know, a longer leash than you give other people. You, He wants to give Kyrie more of a leash as a player than he is like a Dana White or Jerry Jones as owners. Because, you know, you have a little bit more responsibility and they made bigger infractions. But I understand the sense of Jay Will. Like, sometimes you just got to, like, just cut cut ties and just say, yeah, Kyrie, you're still scoring up. Like, it's you're becoming, you're becoming part of the problem. No matter, like, at some point, it's just too much to excuse. And at the end of it, this situation between him and Brooklyn is definitely 60% on Kyrie, 40% on Brooklyn. In my opinion, there's more to blame for Kyrie than there is for Brooklyn. But in the sense, right now with him leaving, I don't think this is the right time to be on him right now because in, I, I don't feel like there's anybody else that didn't see this coming. Mm-hmm. By the way, Cam Thomas, first player in Nets history, back-to-back 44 or more points in games. The kid's pretty fun. Double and this Nets up. team, it's enjoyable. Now, real quickly, we want to discuss the Golden State Warriors. Man, I'm worried about <laughs> what's Golden the State. leg. What's the exact injury, John? It is a mouthful, Brandon. As I'm trying to exit streamy, so it can actually. So the exact injury for Steph is partial tears to his superior tibiofibular ligaments and interosseous membrane. Interosseous, I pronounced wrong. And Steph is expected to miss at least the next five games after the all-star break so i think steph is going to be out a month we've already seen him miss a good amount of time this year with the shoulder injury and the warriors are a team at 7 and 20 on the road so it's quite clear they desperately need home court advantage because if they don't get that they're going to be playing a team like denver maybe sacramento would be a gift for them or even worse the clippers a team like that in round one the mavericks and if you had to just come out of that just to get to the second round of the playoffs your road to the finals then becomes infinitely more difficult and as I the think current they're number like eight that. seed they're 27 and 26 every team in the west is dealing with the same issues romaine do you think the warriors can really survive this death injury oh no not at all um i think they're gonna have that lake that like 2011 lakers run where you just come up with a championship and just next year is just not the same like your best player could be there but you know in and out of the lineup and certain things just aren't panning out. Jordan Poole didn't take the jump you needed him to. Yeah, he's scoring more, but his efficiency is like down the tank and he's turning the ball over more. And he's he has games where he's getting you 30 and 40, but then you have those games where he's getting you eight and seven. Like he's not consistent. And right now, you're looking at that 2021 draft, and Kuminga and Moody just do not look like the right picks. You had yeah, Trey Murphy, Opera Sangoon, Trey Mann, Ke- um, you have, and then with Kuminga, you have Franz Wagner coming right after him. Like, it's just, it looks like they had all the chips on the table where, you know, you expect the team that drafted Draymond Green and Clay Thompson to make the right decisions come and draft him, but, you know, you can't hit on everything. They made two wrong picks, and those guys just, you want to hope that right now with, the with you know, Clay's injury looking like his little bit, you know, him taking even steeper decline, Draymond not being Draymond anymore, 
you'd hope that those guys take a little bit more of a jump, but it looks like you made the wrong picks and it looks like this is where you got to set. This is where you just, Oh, not to mention James Wiseman is just, yeah, so at this point, I think this is just, I um, wonder if they were yeah, so over them last If I'm year. not mistaken, back when they were drafting Steph, Clay, and uh, Draymond, I, I, wasn't Jerry West their uh their He was GM? in the front office. Yeah, yeah. so and yeah, that's true. Anymore, so yeah. that's really where I think that they're drafting. I mean, listen, th- those prospects you named, they were good. You know, you expected a 3 and D wing out of kind of both Embudi and Kaminga. They they haven't panned out, obviously. Um, So, yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough ride. I, I, for me, I just I can never count out the Warriors, especially just their track record. So I'm not going to count them out, uh, but it's going to be a much much tougher ride without Steph Curry for right now. If this is like two years ago, when cut them out, but is they just keep getting older? Clay's injuries, the mileage on his body, he's getting I mean, not getting better a, anymore. At this point, it's just going to be all things considered, he had a freaking really good January. I mean, he shot no, he's 46. having a pre- he's having a. He shot forty six percent from the field, forty three from three, ninety percent from ninety one percent from the free throw line, twenty seven points. That's pretty good. But uh, yeah, no, he's it, it comes and goes. I think, I think the goes. thing thing with him is not the. I think he's always going to be able to give you a good fifteen to twenty on a consistent basis. He's, in my opinion, the second greatest shooter to ever touch a basketball. Right, I agree with that one hundred percent. So. So right now with him, it's, it's not the offense is the problem with me. It's the fact that defensively, he doesn't look anywhere near the same. Like, he can't stay in front of it. Like, before, he wasn't the, the box score guy type of defense. But when you watch him, he was the one guarding uh, He was the one guarding Westbrook. He was the one guarding James Harden. He's that guy that, put on, that makes it tough on him. He's He has really good lateral quickness. He can move his feet. He has pretty – he has a pretty – I think his wingspan is okay. I don't think it's too long. Fundamentally but he has, sound. He has, Normal, yeah, he's a fundamentally sound defender that can just make it hard on superstars, and it's just not there anymore. You can't replace that with Jordan Poole, who can't guard a cone either. And then you have Kuminga, that when he's on the he, he there's times where he just he looks like a mini Draymond, and then there's under times where he looks like a mini Draymond. That's yeah, I think, now. I think we're alluding to. I mean, defensively, which is like he looks like Draymond, and other times he's like Ben Simmons. He looks like Ben Simmons without the playmaking sometimes, which is crazy. So right now, and Moses Moody, the shooting has been able to keep it up. You expect? I don't. Did you expect him to be a three and D player when he came when he came in the league? I, don't I think, think I, I said that, I think that's what that, they the were. I think that's what they were expecting him to be. Like if they were hoping, you know, like sure. they drafted Moody to be exactly that. Yeah. I, I wonder if the Warriors were... hindsight's twenty twenty with James Wiseman it didn't work yeah. out. Yeah, that's that's a that's a failed experiment. They, they should they should have. They took they a shot. I, I mean, they took the what they James needed. Is... They needed a big man, and they took a shot, and they they messed up. Yeah. And Wiseman has actually gotten better defensively. This is another like he's 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 a Kwame Brown situation because he didn't play that much in college. You basically drafted a player right out of high school, and he just didn't pan out the same. He just didn't pan out. I don't want to go. He that didn't play far. that much in college. So. I don't even know where to begin with the Kwame Brown and James Wiseman. Kwame Brown didn't deal with the injuries James Wiseman did early, and Wiseman has gotten better this year defensively. Uh, in this Warrior system, very few bigs can survive. And I think we overlook when a team has chip-chip aspirations and they have the number two overall pick, you should be trading that nine times out of ten, unless the prospect is so good he's too good to pass up. And with James Wiseman, he wasn't that good. But at the time, the Warriors were desperate for a center because Kevin Looney wasn't that durable since then he's like has not missed a single game and unfortunately Wiseman was so bad so early they couldn't trade him at that point you know 
The car was already driven off the lot. He had tanked 60% of his value. But I do wonder if the Warriors regret not moving Kuminga and Moody sooner last year because they won a championship in spite of those guys not playing. But now you look at those roster spots and they don't have the IQ, the versatility on both sides of the ball, and quite frankly, the maturity yet to be key fixtures in a rotation where if you fit in this Warriors offense, you're going to be perfect. But if you don't, Steve Kerr's not going to play you. And then it's really hard to get those reps to develop. And the regular season, they're focused on, all right, how can we get the right lineup for the postseason? They're not prioritizing your development. And so for Wiseman to deal with all these injuries, Jonathan can make it be the biggest project player I've seen in the draft at the wing position since Jalen Brown. And then surely Moses Moody just not paying out so far. Uh, the Warriors in a rough spot right now. You won a championship last year, which is good, but you have these two timelines, and because you didn't pick one, you're now stuck in the middle. Yeah, I do think they should have traded that second that a second pick for a team that has championship after race, and then you're gonna get back Draymond and Clay the next year. Should have traded that second pick easily. I don't know why they didn't, but the seventh because there's no star I, available to them. I guess that was the main reason. Who were they gonna get with that? Siakam, Sabonis. Oh, yeah. yeah, wait, what what year was that? That was 2020, 2020, right? Yeah, that was right after the bubble. Um, I don't think PGC was that crazy that year, and I don't think there's too many teams that were sellers at the time. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was you right. Know, after I, I'm Super not Game gonna already. say the jury is out on Golden State. I still believe, much like Brandon, it's kind of hard to just rule this team out. I mean, this is a dynasty. You got Steph, Clay, and you still got Dre there in the fold. And while I get it, they're aging. Um, I could take you back way back to I believe it was '99 or 2000, where the Yankees kind of I think it was 2000 where the Yankees kind of struggled to get into the World Series after just dominating for years before. And still find found a way to make things happen. And this is kind of how I'm looking at this Warriors team as well. You know, they, they're 20 and six at home. That That's insanely impressive. And while the road numbers uh, are, are ugly, their road record is very ugly. They're, they're not a team that's being blown out of the water either. You know, this isn't a team being smacked by 15 every night when, they're, when they are on the road. Uh, this is a team that can still play ball. And all they have to do is just weather that ship while Steph is out and, you know, yeah, really putting those players up. that you guys are mentioning now to the test. These are players that have to step up big time now in in, in replacement for, for Steph Curry. And while you don't expect them to, you know, replicate his play, you expect them to exceed their own expectations, step up to the plate and, and really just help lead this team. Because, mm-hmm. you know, this team invested draft capital into these young guys and now they got to show that their investment was worth it. So I, I'm not going to rule out this Warriors team because, like I mentioned earlier, the the race in the West right now is very tight. The difference between the three seed and the and the ten seed is what three games? Those four games the Warriors blew a couple weeks ago. So exactly. So I, I can't just say, yeah, this Warriors team is completely done for. If Steph comes back well and this team stayed in that you know seven to to nine range, I think they can still make some noise. I mean. Worst case scenario yeah. that in the playoffs they get matched up with a Denver. You don't want to see that. If you're matched up with anybody from two and beyond, Warriors have a chance. If I'm the Warriors, I'm saying I want that Memphis. I want, I want, Memphis. I want Memphis. Give me Memphis. Let's go, Memphis. Let's go. Yeah, Let's I want. Go Memphis. Again. I want Memphis. But the thing they've been able to weather the storm without Steph this mm-hmm. season. I think without Steph, they're close to 500 this season. Either way. And Jordan Poole as a starter is probably the most consistent he's been all season. Agreed. 
Yeah. I but I think what Draymond said earlier in the year is exactly the problem with them too right now is the fact that when before when you had somebody else coming off the bench then Jordan Poole you had to guard the Warriors they play two different ways when Steph was on the court and off the court Jordan Poole's so similar to Steph that you're playing the same way so teams don't have you're not throwing that many different looks at teams hmm. so they can still match up the same way they were doing before and it's just a lot easier to guard them now hmm. so but I do and I think this is going to be a test this is going to be the true test for um Steve Kerr's coaching ability. Because you don't have the deck stacked anymore. Um, even last year, Steph still missed a lot. If anything, this team probably would have been the second seed if Steph was able to stay healthy for the full season. So either way, this I think this is the first true test he's going to have with a team that is not overwhelmingly one of the best in the Western Conference, but is still That's like in the pack. And if you if they're coached right, they should be able to give some team a run for their money. That was I agree with all of that you said. Jordan Poole this year has really struggled with turnovers when he's in the lineup, but he's averaging twenty eight points in the fifteen games Steph missed. And the Warriors as a team, right around that five hundred mark with a record of last year they're eight and ten without Steph. This season, come on, help me out, Steph Muse. Unbelievable. All right. Warriors record without Steph Curry in twenty twenty three. They're seven and eight. So you said a lot of great points. They've been right above staying afloat without Curry. But it's a matter of sustaining that long term. In a Western Conference, when everybody's getting healthy, Zion should be coming back after the All-Star break. I think Carl Anthony Towns will be coming back at the end of the month. Anthony Davis has already come back. Jamal Murray's getting the ground running. Sacramento, they may build more continuity offensively. If they continue to have this health luck, they can stay in the top six. And now for the Warriors, you're really digging yourself in a deep hole like the Clippers last year, where you have on paper and in theory, you know, top five, top three team in the league that you can't count out. But... If you're already in the playing tournament, like those Lakers in 2021 as well, you're setting yourself so far behind the eight ball that going that deep playoff run is just not something that's realistic. Who was the second seed in 2021 in the Western Conference? The Suns. You know, the second one, seed, not the Suns first. Number two. Huh? 2021, Suns, uh -huh. Lakers, 2-7. Oh, right. The Lakers, did. They, they won the playing. Yeah. What I'm saying with the Warriors is that the difference between the Warriors and this, well, the Lakers matched up well against the Suns. It's just that AD got injured, but the thing is, I think the Lakers probably did would win that series if AD stayed healthy. I could, to be honest, they probably they would probably be able to go back to back if they both were able to stay healthy for at least the playoffs. But that mm -hmm. just didn't happen. But the thing with the Warriors is that they're like in the sense that outside of Denver, they're a matchup problem for everybody either way. They're a matchup problem for Memphis. They're a matchup problem for Sacramento. There are there are a match. Who's fourth right now? Even Clippers. in the Western Conference, Clippers. Okay, that's the one. That's the one team that can that, that can competently guard them. But I mean, I don't I don't trust the Clippers with anything anyway. So Ka Kawhi yeah, locked up Cam Thomas to end this game. So I don't want to talk about the Clippers enough. Oh what? You're oh wow! He locked what? up. A he was like, all right, all right, Cam. He locked right, up a second year crazy. He locked up the second coming of Michael Jordan. What? It's hyperbole. Give me a break. I'm just, I'm just messing. Board okay, man gets paid, baby. Second coming of Kyrie Irving. Uh, it's the second coming of Michael Jordan. Um, oh, yeah. How much time do you have? Because I don't even think the Timberwolves are in that conversation at all, even with Cat. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, the, the Timberwolves are forced anything right with now. Anthony Edwards. Do not overlook them.
Yeah, that's disrespectful, my boy. No, 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 no. With Anthony what? Edwards, yes. Yeah, call call me when they putting, figure out that fit. Put, putting cat, putting cat back in the lineup is a negative more than it is a positive. I agree, but D'Angelo Russell's having his best shooting season, one of his best seasons of his career. Anthony without Edwards is an emerging All-NBA player. Without Cat, you're right. And at small four, Jaden McDaniels is an all-defensive caliber player. You have yeah. the pieces. They're just losing around the margins. And if they're going to... Really, they're going to have to stagger Cat and Rudy's minutes while they continue to build more chemistry in the meantime. And I think in the postseason, they're not going to go far. But in the regular season, I don't even think, they're going to win 45 games. Cat. They're going to get into the playoffs, and they're going to continue to build some continuity going into the next season. I think the T-Wolves are going to be just deep into that mix, think, man. I don't think the Rudy Cat minutes are the problem with them, though. I think the Cat, I think Cat, Cat's time of the four just isn't going to work. It's well, just not. That doesn't work with Anthony Edwards, right? Anthony Edwards is the guy now in Minnesota. He is your franchise player, and putting him alongside two seven-footers, one of which is not a good offensive player, the other which is a bad defender, is not a good recipe. That's why That's why I'm saying with Cat is going to be a problem. I think right now, Anthony Edwards having the ball, like he, the past couple months, I think his usage rating has been in the 30s. Mm-hmm. So great. His usage and putting up as efficiently as possible, that's great. The moment Cat comes back, his issue is going back down, and he's one of those. He, um, Anthony Edwards is a volume scorer. The more shots he takes, the more rhythm he gets throughout the game, and it's better for him when he gets in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Cat's gonna tank a lot of that momentum, and you add that into the fact that he's gonna have to work his way back offensively because he's not gonna come back just back to what he was before. And then you add the fact that he's also a horrible pick and roll defender. Um, can't really defend the rim for anything, and he's definitely not. He's definitely a bad switch defender. It's just a problem. I think that you do need to just trade. Either you move Nas Reed up to that four, and you trade Cat for another for. I don't think you want to keep deloading and Cat. I don't think you want to keep both of them. I think you do need to get at least a a point guard that's more towards playmate. A Tyrese Halliburton would work way better on this team than would a, a more a, a more reliable playmaking point guard. Not even a score, just a more reliable playmaker with this team would be better than Daniel Russell. And a, a bit, not even a big, a small forward or a power forward that's switchable and can hit threes is all they really so what truly if, need. What if the Timberwolves traded, what if Minnesota traded Carl Anthony Towns or Trey Young? No, hell no. That's You trade a defensive liability for even worse defensive liability. What are we doing? But then you soothe everything out. You have Trey and Rudy running pick and roll. You have Carl Anthony Towns working to Jonte Murray. I think Zach Lowe made this like a couple months ago. I was listening to him. I'd much rather cat Kat... for like Pascal, cat for Pascal Siakam. I agree, and I don't think Toronto's going to do that because they don't take on bad contracts. And I think Carl Anthony Towns making, oh, I don't know, um, two hundred twenty-four million dollars and sixty-two by his age thirty-one season is not a good contract. So. These contracts are getting insane. Ridiculous. It's going to get even crazier with this new team. I remember back in like 2017, 30 million year was cool. And now people getting 60 and it's just, you br- you just like, damn, that's crazy. And you move on. Mm. Yeah, it's it's going to get even crazier and crazier. With all that being said, let's get like the ad. FLB, yeah, shout out you. Thank you for coming on, my friend. You have to check him out. His YouTube is in the description. So is his Twitter. Pop it. Pop in. Nello who sent you. I've been watching the podcast girl since the first time I've been on. It was like at 33, so now y'all are over 200. It's only been a couple of months. Like, this mm-hmm. is it's going really good. I'm, we brought you on episode real. 18, you, I think. Yeah, man. For real, it's been good. I, I just checked back a couple I'm like, you know, how's the pod doing? I'm like, oh, damn, they've really been growing. So I love it. And you had a couple, you had an episode that was like close to 10K. So I'm like, okay, this. 
I think we had a few videos. Like it wasn't if it was an episode, I'd be ecstatic. I think it was gonna yeah, yeah. No, so it's... that Steelers video we made got close to ten k. I think you guys should try like at least maybe eh, once monetization probably try live streaming like an episode or so to see how that works. But I feel like after you get a more stable audience, absolutely, we're gonna try using Streamyard a little bit and see if that could help us with the lives. I like that way better than OBS, man. Yeah, I, I love it. I'm happy for y'all, bro. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us, bro. Yeah, I'll give you a follow no on your socials, man. Got you, got you. It's fun to be first on. Knicks fans. So you're gonna your... play each other in the playoffs. And we win. No. We play the Knicks fully healthy. I'm not going to lie. When it comes to playoff time, the first round, I'm not really worried about Unless we're playing one of the top, top teams, I'm not worried about the first round. Right. The only time I'm worried is the moment we have to see Milwaukee. The moment we have to see Milwaukee, Boston, or now now the Sixers because they're a lot better than the last don't, year. Don't That's worry, Romain. You don't got to worry because if you run into us first round, we'll take care of you. Worry about Trey Young. Because just sleep the rest of the offseason. You got to play Trey yeah, Young in the five foot so nine guy Hayes. owns your freaking stadium yeah. arena. You play, you're, you're right now. Right now, you're stacked against him. The play, you're playing him in the plane if, if the playoffs starts today. So worry about him first. Bring him to the garden. I am telling you, don't even get <laughs> started. Bring Trey Young back to the garden come playoff time. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> yes, no, 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 yes, no, 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 Nick's no, point guard like Jalen Brunson taking those charges. I, yeah, I wish. <laughs> I am wishing. I would kill for a playoff matchup with Atlanta. Not Trae, a play-in. I just want to make Young is one of those... I'd rather be a top six seed so we don't got to worry about that. So you know what? We're probably not even going to run into them if we yeah. keep this up. The Hawks made to make the playoffs. So we'll yeah, so, so we'll Young be fine. Is, I don't... Trey is one of those guys that like, when it comes to like playing or first round, he's always going to go nuclear. And then that's going to give him a reputation as a good playoff performer, even though he's going to suck the next two rounds. But like, if you catch him in any one of those series, on a team that's, mm. you know, not too well put together, other than when like he met us last year and we were cohesive as shit. When you put him against a team that's not that cohesive, mm. he can go crazy if you let him. He can go crazy. Mm. One so, minute, real quick. Can we get a temperature check on Trey Young? Is he overrated? Is he properly really? Is he properly yes. rated? Like, where's he's, insane. he's insanely overrated? But hey, he's, he he's overrated. He I don't. He I don't think he's a. Top, I don't think he's a top five point guard. I don't think he's a top. I, honestly, right now, I'm taking De'Aaron Fox over Trey Young. Oh man! Um, Why? No, no, no. I'm taking Trey Young. Taking hey. Jalen Brunson over Trey Young. Oh my goodness! Here we go. Jalen Brunson no. right now. No, 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 John. That's for you. Um, right now, I would rather Jalen Brunson as my second or third best player than Trey Young as my number one. No, they're both they're both defensive liability ones. Trey Young, yes, but if we're talking about like complementary pieces, definitely Jalen. Who's better, Trey Young or John Morantz? Trey. Okay, I'm not gonna lie, drop. Ja is one of those guys. Ja is one of those guys that that he's takes advantage of being in an amazingly put together team. I can't lie. Mm -hmm. The fact of the matter is that team is so well built for him to put in the numbers that he is as the lead guard. That if you put him anywhere else, his liabilities as a shooter is going to show a lot more. His defensive liabilities in a team that doesn't have Dylan Brooks may be annoying as shit. He's still one. One of the top wing defenders in the league. Mm -hmm. Sad, he's annoying us, but he still is. Jaron Jackson Jr. is arguably the best defender in the NBA. Steven Adams is steady as hell at rim and as an offensive rebounder too, and a defensive rebounder. And um, Desmond Bain is an above average defender because he's those 
muscles aren't for just show. He can knock guards off their line or drive. He's and he does he has pretty good lateral quickness. He's just on a team with so many great defenders that his defensive liabilities don't show as much. Mm-hmm. And then he's on a team with such great shooters that you can't just you can't wall up in the paint against them because he can hit a Dylan Brooks because Dylan Brooks can hit open shot. He can hit a Desmond Bain. Um, Jane Jackson Jr. can stretch the floor. It's just he's on a really good, well-built team that makes him look this good. But put him if you put him in Trey Young situation, it looks far worse. Mm, I agree. I mean, Jaws ja in a way better team. And by the way, Clay Thompson, 18 points, 7 and 10. Nice. So far in the first half versus the Thunder. Now, I'm not the only one comparing Cam Thomas to Michael Jordan, by the way. I've actually seen that on Twitter a couple of times. You, yeah, you those people are freaking morons. Not like I was scrolling much. I saw see, I'm one, rooting for seconds. another 40-point night. Tomorrow, I really, I really am. I really am. I want to. I like seeing fun like that, fun stuff like this. I want to see him continue to go crazy, because I just know it has a limit to it. And the moment he meets an actual competent team that's close, that wants to shut him down, he's gonna go three for thirty. It's yeah. like that Lincendi run. The moment he runs into the Heat or some team that's like, okay, tonight this shit ends. It's gonna end. Mm-hmm. John, if he drops forty tomorrow night while I'm at while I'm in the arena. I'm going to buy you a Cam Cam Thomas shirt. All right. If he drops for tomorrow, I'm going to start an OnlyFans. If he does everything. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get a piece of that. Okay, lose the go. Line, bro. If he drops forty again, then I'll 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 say he's better than Kyrie. Because at that point, I mean, at what point do we say this kid is the starting shooting guard in Brooklyn? That's going to help them get back to the place Kyrie can never take them. We saw. The Boston Celtics with Terry Rozier go way further without Kyrie. And I think we can see the same thing with Kevin Durant, Cam Thomas, and some awesome defensive personnel. And you want to know what they also have? The runner-up. I, I think he could be the coach of the year in Jacques Vaughn, who's going toe-to-toe right now for, with Joe Missoula. You know, I think Jacques Vaughn deserves coach of the year more than Missoula. Because Missoula, while he's done a phenomenal job, he didn't have to literally completely save the season. That was literally halfway sunk. I mean, Jacques Vaughn has overcome so much. He was not even the guy they're looking to go to. They want not. They want Ime Udoka. They didn't want him. And look what he's done. I mean, bravo to Jock Vaughn. He is a special leader. Who's? How do you? I, we'll, we'll see. The, um, you don't want that Cam Thomas. What's that? Then? What's his um? What's his name? That the the Thunder's head coach, um, Mark something. Mark so I can't. I can never pronounce. Yeah, I can't no. pronounce his last. But I think, I think him. I think Coach mm-hmm. Bud right now deserves that coach to a little bit more than Javon because what about Milwaukee? Like they've been going through the ringer with injuries. Certain people have regressed to a certain point, and they've still consistently just been this this that good. Obviously, that's part of the fact that they have the best yeah. player in the league on their roster. But still, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, a lot of points this season, the Milwaukee Bucks should be like a fifth or sixth seed, and they're still mm-hmm. could be number one at any single point. And the th- now it sounds right like now you're the, the Thunder... case of Doc Rivers. And eh, not really. <laughs> Doc Rivers is, is the guy that, yeah, but you have most of your superstars have been injured the entire season. The thing with Doc Rivers is that he's a great floor, he's a great floor raiser. Whenever your team is underperforming, everyone like they don't have a roster you think can go too far. He's great at rallying those guys together. The problem is when you give them a competent roster that isn't better than everybody else. Like Boston, it worked out because you had KG, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen. <laughs> But when you put him on the Clippers and that team's not better than everybody else, look what happens. When you put him um uh when you put him on um Philadelphia, you see what happens. You threw your Los Angeles. Yeah, like at some point, like I, I've never seen a tr- I've never seen a trend like Doc Rivers when his team has expectation, 
first when it doesn't have expectation. Because the team with that expectation is almost better than the team with expectation. It's one of the weirdest phenomenons, I think, in all sports, quite they're frankly. That the guy just can't figure it out when pressure comes. You only think they're better because you never expect anything from them. <laughs> you never expect anything from them, and then they do better than you expect. I fully believe that. That 76ers team last year, if Joel Embiid was healthy, probably gives us a lot more problems than they did give us if Joel Embiid um, with him out the first two games. Just say they would have beat Miami. Yeah, season. no, it w- we would have probably still beaten them, but it would have been a lot harder. Because... We shouldn't have we shouldn't have blown them out by thirty that last game. There's no reason why they should have been that bad. Um, I mean, they're starting DeAndre Jordan in the playoffs series. No, but that, they started Joel that, Joel that game. They, I'm talking about the elimination game. Uh, yeah, I'm talking about the DeAndre Jordan. Oh no, <laughs> starting DeAndre Jordan over um, what's his name? Uh, Paul Reed. People. Yeah. Is yes, is is whatever. But him right. Right now, I think the th- I think the Thunderhead coach definitely deserves some props because they're way ahead of schedule, way too ahead of schedule. It's crazy that they could de- actually be a playoff team this year. Phenomenal defense that Dagnall has. I mean, they don't have Chet Holmgren. They have no rim protection virtually. And I mean, their defense has literally been so connected. And they're Shea, a bunch of 23. It's the youngest into, team in the league. Shea it's unbelievable. One of the best two- Chase turned into one of the best two ways. Shea's turned into one of the... The thing is, like, they have amazing point of attack defenders. Shea's one of the best two ways. Josh Giddy is a little bit over, um, underrated on the defensive end because he's big enough and he's guarding guards constantly. He's not the greatest lateral quickness, but he has nice hands and he doesn't put himself in positions to at least be not a negative. Then you have Lou Dord, that's a great defender. Um, I, They just have really good point of attack defenders to the point that you're not making it to the rim too much. Hmm. Now, if you get there, that's a problem. But you're not making it to the you're not making it past them too much at the time. Yeah. The moment you add a the moment you if if they somehow pull it out, they, I don't know they don't have the yeah they don't have a chance of getting Victor anymore. If they if they were that bad and they got Victor and Chet at the same time, I don't know a team that's beaten that in, in the next like give like past twenty twenty seven. I see a team beating them, but right now I think he deserves some, he does definitely deserves. Some, but he's probably not to get it because they're probably still going to be under five hundred. So you're Jack Fawn, of course. Yeah. No, it's probably yeah. I don't think it's gonna be Jack Vaughn. I, yeah. I think I think I think right now, even though they just got back um some nice pieces, I do think they're still gonna slide a little bit. They're gonna slide. I think they're gonna be a fifth. They're probably gonna be a fifth seed, but they're still gonna slide a little. And bit. the Nets are gonna go further in the playoffs without Kyrie than they did with them, just like the Celtics. But with all that being said, I'll wrap up episode number seventy three. Thank you again, Romaine, for coming on. It's a longer show. It wasn't supposed to be this long, but we went to so many different side. To- I mean, we had a- I enjoyed the show a lot. Could talk about the Nets and much more. Remains links will be in the description as always. We'll see you next time. Yes, sir. Stay classy.